Welcome, you're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. You know, it's a little bit like having a uh, newborn at home when you've got a puppy. You got to do everything when they're napping or busy chewing on something that you've allowed them to chew on. My four month old puppy has decided to become a uh, 13 year old teenager this past few days and for the first time tore apart a stuffy she's never done that before but it was a big one it was bigger than her it's this big alligator my granddaughter had for years and when she was little um both my granddaughter and the puppy would sleep up against it they loved it well the puppy discovered a weak spot in its neck it tore all the stuffing out my office looked like a catastrophe and I I love the dodo if you don't follow if you're an animal person you don't follow them on Instagram I I suggest you do because they're a riot and sad sometimes, so don't get me wrong, it can be a little tear jerky, but all the fabulous rescues and, and the trouble some of these dogs get into. And I remember this one where they showed this man that said, this dog just kept coming back to, to the shelter and we couldn't figure out why. So he says, I took it home. And then you've got his video going, and this is why there is no, there is nothing. How did he say it? There is no level of destruction this puppy will not reach. <laughs> it was, And that was my office yesterday. So these are interesting times. Um, you forget, you know, my dog's been uh, was with us for 15 years and my memory is shorter than that. It's like, oh, right. So eyes on all the time. Do you know, it's a little bit like our life though. We need to have our eyes on our life all the time and on our awareness and, and what we're thinking and what we're doing. And it was interesting because I don't know a lot about this man, uh, but I trust the woman that published published his work. Now, Elaine apparently is the founder of The Awakened Man. You can Google his website. It's actually a lovely website. And it just seems to be focused on men coming together and supporting other men, very similar to what women do so much now in this day and age, which I just love. And men, they need that support as well. So The Awakened Man. So she sent out an article to from... um, Hopeful Builder, she's a a graphic and media professional that I met at a networking event and we just clicked clicked so well. And I highly recommend her. So if you need help in any of that area, it doesn't matter where you live in North America or the world really, she can probably help you. And she puts out this newsletter and he was one of the contributors. And today he talked about, if you don't check your mirrors, you're going to crash. And what that was about was your, our blind spots. And I'm sure anyone that drives has had that sensation where maybe the, your side mirrors haven't been adjusted properly or you forgot to shoulder check and you go to change lanes or something and someone's right there and you're thinking, where did they come from? You know, your heart's in your throat, the adrenaline's pumping through your body, you just about to have a car accident. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a blind spot. And you know, I get very upset when someone borrows my car in the family and doesn't reset my 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 mirrors and everything well the nice thing now is these new cars my little caddy uh, Cadillac when I hit the number one on the seats everything adjusts including my mirrors thank heavens the only one I have to manually do is my rear view 
So kind of thinking for itself, which I love, but for years that wasn't the case. I've always liked a nice car, but I didn't always have the latest and greatest. So it was probably been two cars since I had side mirrors that adjusted with the seat um, on the inside, like electronically. But that used to be one of my crazy things because I'm five foot four and my husband's six foot four. So you can imagine that years ago, if you, if you use my Saab, and that was one of my cars that didn't have the uh, electric mirror adjustments, uh, that were, were connected to the seat adjustments. Sorry, let me be clear on that. So he'd get in the car and he'd move them manually, like on the, on the little side of the door. And then I'd get in the car, not realize I'm driving along, check my mirrors, everything's good, change lanes, honk, panic. His mirrors are set for him. Well, he is sitting way further back in the seat than I am. So needless to say, I've got a blind spot there. So I don't always open everything that comes across my desktop because it is overwhelming the amount of stuff that comes to my four different emails for the business. But for some reason, I was just inspired to open two's uh, email today. And this article was there and I'm really glad I did because I'm going to actually give you a little bit of a cliff's note on, on his article because it was fantastic and it really spoke to me. Lots of times, do you ever notice, so let's look at ourselves. I am so guilty of this all the time and have really had to work on this in my life. You interrupt someone before they finish speaking and then you jump to a conclusion about where they're, what they were going to say. Do you find yourself ever doing that? Or you become impatient with someone who likes to talk too much or being frustrated with people who don't share the same values and beliefs you have. And yes, guess what? Those are potential blind spots. Now he tells a story and I can really relate to this about uh, being in his men's group and someone came in and they wanted relationship help and advice because they really wanted a happy and fulfilling relationship with their wife. But instead there was fighting and miscommunication, hurt feelings and resentment. And what he commented on, he says, the unfortunate part of all of this is that each saw themselves as the victim with huge blind spots around the part each of them was playing in the marriage. And this is so familiar in today's day and age. And I know that, uh, you know, over a year ago when I was struggling and, and really some things had come to a head in my own marriage and I just needed a break, I thought, I'm not sure I can keep doing this. I went to work on myself. And when I went to work on myself, it was funny how my husband's issues weren't as relevant to me as they, as they were in that moment of frustration. Because a lot of the time when we are frustrated and angry and defensive, we are reacting or we're projecting onto other people. Now, when it happens in our marriage, clearly we're projecting onto our spouse. Excuse me. <coughs> so it's really interesting when you can step back from that and say, okay, can I be disengage from the outcome of the situation. And that's a bit of a, that's a huge leap down the road in awareness, but it's just something to kind of think about while we're having this conversation today. So how do you know where your blind spots are? First of all, he qualifies and I'm going to as well. Blind spots aren't necessarily bad. So we don't want like a lot of beating up on yourself, a lot of anger at yourself. It's not where we go with this kind of stuff. Okay. Educators like us, we are looking to help you see a better path, be more aware, but under no circumstances do you get to dump 
yuckiness on yourself. That's This is not how this rolls, okay? We want to be more aware, have a more open mind. We want to learn, be more tolerant. All of these things, especially right now in this day and age and, and with the narrative that's going on around the world of fear and, and, uh, and anger, it's more important than ever before. You are f- perfectly fine just the way you are. That being said, it is our job to grow and become. But one of the things that we do as human beings is we hang on to past mistakes and we hang on to past hurts. That is so destructive when trying to change and become more aware. And honestly, I, I, I'm going to say it again. I know I say it a lot, but it's it's so true. And someone else brought it up again in, in their life this, this week as well. Family can be your worst critic, guys. So don't, don't stop exploring or changing your mind because you're getting negative feedback from family that's like, oh, she's always like that. Or he always reacts that way. Or he doesn't know what he's doing. Do you know what? Those are voices you need to silence. And and like I did last year when I started working on myself, disengage from the outcome of how you're reacting to those other people. A lot of people struggle with people around them becoming more. It's all right for us to look at... Um, Oh, crying out loud. I was just watching him this morning. I don't watch him a lot because that uh, V... He's got terrible language. He's always using the F-bomb. It'll come to me in a minute. He's all over the internet, Instagram, uh, Gary V. Sorry, thank you. Just left my brain. But he had some great words of wisdom this morning that I watched in an interview with Evan Carmichael, by the way, who if you don't, if you need some inspiration and you're a YouTuber, follow Evan Carmichael on, on Instagram. Great, great insight that young man has. And, and I've become a follower for, of his and I've, I've quite enjoyed some of the content he puts out. And this was one of his contents. He strung together sort of a, um, a I guess say third party clips of, of interviews of different points he was trying to make and then had them addressed. But you could see there were all different interviews from different timelines. Very, very fascinating. And we tend to hold ourselves back because of what other people think of us or might say ab- about us or the truth that they hold about themselves and they're projecting it on you. Now, I mentioned a couple of weeks back that I ended a friendship just recently. I could no longer have in my life someone that lived in such victim and pain that no matter what I said, whether it was right or wrong, there was no tolerance or forgiveness. It was just attack because that person saw themselves, sees themselves that way. That is what can happen so often in our own lives. When someone is attacking you or, or judging you, remember it's usually their issue. Being a bully, it's all their issue. It's not, nothing about you. And we have a really tough time as human beings having someone close in our circle become successful and become more because we feel less. And you shouldn't. In no way should you feel less, but it happens. I see it over and over and over again. We seem to be okay with watching someone like Brenda Bouchard or Gary Vee or, or um, I can't think of anybody else, but celebrities, all that kind of stuff, or people being successful. Elon Musk, we, 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 we're great watching those people and saying, I want to be like them and aren't they amazing? But when someone in our own inner circle starts to grow and stretch out, we're like, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, I'm not comfortable with that 
because you're so emotionally and physically detached from that social media presence than you are from the person, people that are closest to you. So really take that to heart and listen to my words because it holds so many people back because their inner circle isn't what it needs to be. Now, this is something I do not struggle with in my life anymore. Yes, I do with the family. They're, I've accepted they're never going to change. I've You've seen, if you go through my email, uh, my um, list of podcasts, you can see I've got them on, I've done one on ancestral clearing. I've done a lot of this uh, energetic work as well, clearing blocked emotions in my own body, doing some ancestral stuff, showing forgiveness, because that is not where I want to live. And those people had too much power over me. And I wasn't coming into my own calling and destiny because I was listening to all the negative rhetoric and dragging it with me from the past. And anything that you keep holding on to from the past is actually something you're living in in the present. Your memory doesn't differentiate 20-year-old you from 40-year-old old you. You can remember that, mm, yeah, that was 20 years ago. But when you're actually having the thought, it is current and you're living the energy of it right now. Now, one of those things that's good about that is I love reliving things I've been doing for traveling. In my mind, I, I go through sometimes when I'm just relaxing, all the fun I have on the cruise ships, getting dressed for dinner, and just, I, 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 and what happens then is I'm reliving it now. The experience is fresh for me. And I don't say, oh, those things are way in my past and I'll never do them again. It's like, no, I drag them forward to enjoy the experience again positively. But you can do the same thing negatively, unfortunately. Now, when I say I don't suffer from this, it's because I consciously did work to release that stuff. And then I consciously grew the circle of women around me and friends that support me that give me honest feedback when I need it and when I ask for it, but are also there to lift me up. So this young man that's got this, um, this company, uh, the, the awakened man, I really get the sense that that's what he's trying to create in the male community as well. Just support for one another, for people's dreams. So in fact, I have a, a little close group of uh, what we call accountability partners. And the three of us are not just dear friends. We are accountability partners for each other. And let me tell you, they're even right there to say, hey, you're not playing big enough. Not the opposite of, hey, that's not how we reacted a year ago. You need to get yourself back in your box. It's more like, of, hey, Shell, you created a blind spot around this or you're lift that's a limiting belief and you're playing small again. They encourage me to break out of the box, to play bigger, to be more. And you want more of that in your life. So why on, uh, oh, so how do you know where your blind spots are? First, blind spots aren't bad. I've, I've told you that, no beating yourself up. But to get a sense of where your blind spots are, we can start by asking ourselves a few questions. And these are his questions. What am I not seeing in this situation? If you can stand in the question, and this is something my girlfriend next door, Brenda, has really taught me because she's an energy worker. And, you know, a decade or so ago, I, she used to run bars. It's an energetic thing they do on your head. And when they're doing that, they they can release a lot of blocked emotion. And so any of this body talk, energy work, this stuff is, is can be quite amazing. When we can tap into our energetic field, it's amazing what can happen. Because we're energetic beings. We're not just a soul inside of a, a uh, water and dust body. We are energy, living energy. Our cells are full of it. 
And science is now showing that we can, we, they've realized this now. So now they're approaching so much of what's going on in our world and the leading edge of science in a completely different way because there's been new breakthroughs. The energy is there. We, we are definitely energetic. And she used to always say to me when I was starting that type of work, you know, what else is there? Ask the question, Shelly, just continually stand in the question. What else is there? What am I not seeing here? Uh, the other one too is what am I distorting my view by having a closed mind? Like if you can't stand in the question, you definitely have a closed mind. So just remember that. What am I not feeling or sensing? What am I missing in this situation? Is there a lesson here? Or where am I disallowing a feeling or emotion because I have a closed heart? Dr. Bradley Nelson talks a lot about the heart wall and things that we do in our lives that protect us when we've been hurt in the past. And to be aware of that, and he has some really neat techniques and stuff for kind of breaking that heart wall down. Fantastic visualization work. Uh, and finally, what action can, um, can I take that is grounded in a deep sense of seeing and feeling that allows me to unlock a closed will? So in other words, looking into your own life to say, where am I shutting this down? Because when you ask the question, the answer will come. Now, it may not come like immediately, but if you can continuously through practice, it becomes a habit. Ask that question. The answer will come. Sometimes I think we all think that everything's just going to magically appear for us. But, you know, if we're creatures of energy and there's other energy out there, and if you're like me, you're a believer in higher beings of energy, they can't help if you don't ask. It's no different than, you know, being asked to come into someone's home. You don't just open the door and walk in. You knock, they answer, they invite you in. No different when you are looking for answers, finding blocks in your life. You need to put the question out there. Stand in the question and try and just let other things go. And you'll find it, some people, it's like a physical sensation. They almost feel like on the edges of their peripheral vision, like I'm actually visualizing it right now. It's like a crackling sound for me where the walls sort of break down and there's there's a little bit of grayish black light and it's like, hmm, what else is out there? It's a little bit like the unknown. You know where you watch, uh, Twilight Zone is probably perfect, but there are other movies out there where they open a door and instead of that door leading like to the next room that would be logical for the house, it leads to a desert or it leads to space or, you know, something like that. Uh, so something completely opposite of, of what you're expecting. It's sort of like a door that moves through time and space. You, you want to almost stand in, in a sensation of, of that, Okay. The power behind these questions is that it helps shift your perspective. And I talk about that a lot, shifting your perspective. Our perspective and our experiences um, are, are how we see the world. It's how we mirror things in our life. And we need to consciously make an effort to look. You would be surprised how many of us run around with little blinders on, on our little path, on our gerbil wheel. I talk about that, the gerbil wheel, with nothing else no cognitive thought either direction of consequences of actions or thought processes that got us here. We seem to just want to, and I'm, this is a great podcast for me today. I'm feeling on fire today. Actually, my body's having a very physical reaction to it. Uh, you can't see me, but I talk with my hands a lot and that I'm really having a external reaction to this particular podcast. And the fact that I know there's people out there listening right now that just want to wake up and just want more. They want more answers, but you can't get an answer unless you stand in the question. 
So today with speaking of blind spots, why uncover them? So he talks about uncovering blind spots are important because we bring consciousness into play. It helps us deal with the shadow elements of our personality, like the unknown or subconscious. Blind spot work is about awareness and integration, not elimination. So that's something that's kind of unique. And I could probably argue both sides of that because I would really like you to let go of things in your past. But at the same token, I don't want you to forget those things. So I believe that's what he's talking about here. You, you don't want to eliminate your lessons, that's that's actually how I'd like to describe that because that has been the biggest part of my growth. When I am going through something, which as most of you are aware of my regular listeners, I'm in a smoking amount of pain lately. And this last week and a half, I've been doing injection therapy from a chronic pain specialist before they send me off for my MRI and into the neurosurgeon. Now, here's a segue because I just want to tell you this. Yesterday, the neurosurgeon called, and I should have actually maybe started this podcast with a little friendly update on what's going on with my health. Really rough seven days with the cortisone injections into the left and right side of my spine up in my neck. Holy cow. Lays me out for 48 hours. Um, Hormones are all affected. I'm in menopause. I had a period. Sorry, guys that listen to my podcast, but you need to be aware of these things if you've got women in your life that have had injuries or having these types of interventions done. Um, slept, had to take painkillers to kind of get through the adjustment, neck all swelled up, uh, had to lay on ice, which I just can't stand. But, you know, this morning I had to, it did the trick. I almost, almost look like a little bit like the hunchback of Notre Dame and people that don't see me every day even commented. It's like the other day, Shelly, your whole side of your neck, you were just sitting there and your back of your sweatshirt was hanging down. It's like you were super swollen. Then it's affecting my central nervous system. So my fibro was all flared up. Today's the last one. And then I'm hoping to find some relief for three or four months while I wait for the next step. Let's see. I will report back how that works out. So far, I'm not finding a lot of relief from these injections. They're just very traumatic. But the neurosurgeon called me yesterday. I've been trying to track him down for 10 weeks. I actually finally did talk to his office. They said he'd call. He never did, never did. He called. And the first thing he said was, Mrs. Shearer, I need you to understand that some people wait a year or two just to talk to me. I said, pardon me? I said, I was expecting that I'd be waiting a year or two for surgery. He goes, no, the fact that I'm even getting back to you in two months, he says, this is really rare. He didn't explain why he was getting back to me so quickly, really, because I'm not a life and death situation, but he did want me to make it, you know, he wanted to set my expectations. So the suggestion I gave him was, If I could ask a favor of you, of your staff, your staff should have told me that. I've spoken to your secretary or receptionist twice now. She should have set the expectation that the doctor could be upwards of a year before he gets back to you and we make another appointment. Uh Uh-huh. Now, the other thing that was very interesting, our system in Canada, by the way, our medical system is very, very broken. Um, It's very overrun and underfunded and very, very broken. Uh, Everyone gets basic medical up here, which is such an improvement over the States. But when it comes to actually solving problems, when you have health crises, we are a very broken system. And so he was telling me how some of his colleagues, they've actually just even quit taking patients. He says there's no hope of them ever getting to them fast enough to, to solve the problem. I'm like, can they legally actually do that and just not take on patients because they're so far behind? Crazy town in my world. But anyway, so it was it was wonderful to hear from him. Uh, he, he's going to arrange the CT scan, the C, yeah, C, CT scan, MRI, sorry. 
And his first, he really was great because he's the first doctor that said, this should have been done, this should have been done. How did so many people in your life medically drop the ball? I'm like, that's the question I've been asking. <laughs> right from the nine hours in the hospital, when there was no you know, diagnosis consultation with me, no no real pain meds to go home for a few days to, to, to deal with the level nine pain I was in. It was it was crazy town. And so I literally have been, you know, chasing this all. I like to think I attracted it. Like my husband said, this is amazing, honey. And he's will arrange the the MRI and then we'll have another consult and that will tell him whether we were going on the waiting list for surgery. And in fact, his office phoned me back within 10 minutes of me having my phone consult with him about the MRI scheduling. And I asked her, right, I says, I'm just going to be bold here. We're going to all this time and expense anyways. I would like my lower back done as well because that's what I'm actually suffering with today and this week. And that's what the, where the injections are going today. And it's what started this whole mess a little over a year ago was my lower back was in such agony. I couldn't sit. I couldn't work. It was really bad. I was standing at my desk. And the chiropractor's said let's get some x-rays and I'm not gonna lie I forgot to do it and then I lost the requisition then Christmas came then the pinched nerve issue happened in the new year and quite honestly the lower back was not my problem was not my biggest issue so I told her this and I says I know it's not your guys's area of focus but I'm going in there anyways and she said I will ask the doctor I said I really appreciate that let's just find out what's going from stem to stern so we know where the arthritis is, what can be fixed, what has to be medicated, and what lifestyle choices and therapy I need to do to be as high-functioning as possible. Okay? So that's where that journey has got, got me to right now. I'm actually feeling very optimistic. It's my nature to be that way anyways. But a doctor that would have normally has told me flat out a year, phone me within two months, I'm thinking this is a win. It's been a frustrating two months, mind you. But no one said, hey, don't have this expectation. The hospital said they'll get back to you within 48 hours. And the, and the neurosurgeon, I could almost hear him just shaking his head in his office going, why do they tell people that? We're so disconnected. He says, there's no way I was getting back to you within 48 hours, ma'am. That never was going to happen. I'm like, I hear you. So expectations are an interesting thing. So back to why we uncover our blind spots, because we need to have a more open mind. So do you see how open I am to what's happening around me? I'm open to the fact that, oh, the reason I told you the story was, this is my lesson to learn. And once I've learned the lesson, then I can help someone else. So the reason I told you the story, sorry, as I got a little distracted, was I stand in the question, what else is there? Why is this happening? I don't ask the question in a victim mode of, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? You know, can you can see the difference in the two? And in fact, a girlfriend of mine sent me a Marco Polo the other day to say, do you know what? I really appreciate you keeping me up on your medical stuff because my friends have asked me to. There's a close group of six of us. She says, but you're never whiny about it or woe is me and here's another thing. It's about, hey guys, here's the next solution. Here's what ha what's happening. And at our age, really, um, we're grateful for that because when people don't talk about issues, everyone thinks they're alone in their pain and you're not. You're, you're not. There's always going to be someone else that knows exactly what you're going through. The thing is, you need to find them. So why uncover our blind spots? Because like I said, we want to bring our consciousness into play. It helps us deal with the shadow elements of our personality, subconscious and unknown. Blind spots work, work is about awareness and integration, not elimination. 
sorry, I'm back to reading his, his article. Think of it this way. Blind spots are necessar- aren't necessarily negative traits or weaknesses, although they can be. They are parts of ourselves that we dislike and can be things we don't like about others. Blind spots or shadow work allows us to improve our relationships. They help us to understand invisible boundaries that limit us from living authentically. I love that. One of the things he says here is he tells a story, he says that as someone that's, you know, he's very passionate about his growth and I am as well, I'm always on the lookout for situations where I feel resistance, insecure, um, or my consciousness is lowered because that tells me pretty much right out of the gate that there's probably something I'm not seeing. There's a blind spot there somewhere. And he says that that almost identical to that is how I would describe it as well. And I think that is fantastic. So if you can, you know, let go of perfectionism and what we call analysis paralysis, these are all things that go hand in hand with having blind spots because we get hung up on things. We don't want to step out of our comfort zone. We don't want to widen our perspective. We don't want to look into the dark places. But if we don't, remember how I described about 15 minutes ago, about how I was having a, a, just an absolute sensation of walls sort of crumbling down on my peripheral vision. And that's sort of on my mind because I was talking to someone just the other day about someone that's got macular degeneration. And what happens is you, lo- you lose your straightforward sight, but you keep your peripheral vision. <laughs> the funny thing is in life, we tend to ignore our peripheral vision and keep focused on our direct sight. And then that never widens for us. We don't want to look left and right and see more. We, we just want to stay, so many people want to keep it closed down. Because let's face it, this is uncomfortable work and it's kind of yucky. I'm not going to lie. It is not the most comfortable work on the planet. But what you did to start with was you made a conscious choice to be more, to see more, to understand more. And the second you made that choice, this is the work that follows. And I hate to tell you this as I'm closing here, guys, the universe will throw the lessons at you until you learn them. Okay. So learn quickly and then you can move on to something new and have a little comfort in your life. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelly at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.